As someone who's worked with the same coach for years before finally ending the relationship, Victoria Whitfield dropped some bombs in today's episode about how this constant external search for wisdom and guidance can actually cripple our growth as professionals and human beings. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Defiant Business Podcast, and I'm your host, Ruthie Bowles, founder of Defy the Status Quo, a branding and marketing consultancy. This podcast is for the business owners and professionals who have seen the status quo in their industry and are ready to do things differently. We're here for the contrarians, mavericks, and rebels. On the Defiant Business Podcast, we'll talk about marketing, sales, client and customer experiences, finances, and amazing entrepreneur journeys that show that none of us are alone. Thank you for joining me. Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of the Defiant Business Podcast. I'm your host, Ruthie Bowles, founder of Defy the Status Quo, which is your radically authentic marketing and branding consultancy. And I have with me here again today is Sensei Victoria Whitfield. Sensei Victoria, thank you for joining me again today. My pleasure. I've been waiting for this. Let's go. (laughs) I am so excited. So first and foremost, uh, Sensei Victoria Whitfield is the world's first business Reiki master. And this is her second episode on the Defiant Business Podcast. So if you want to learn more about what Reiki is, uh, what Reiki looks like in your business and the way that Victoria brings that energetic therapy to her clients, please go listen to her episode that went live last week. But today, today we are talking about coachaholism. And we're looking at coaching addiction as a distraction, specifically from personal sovereignty, which I was just like, yes, this is this is what we've needed. So I, I'm so excited to get into this. So I'm, I'm going to ask the question. I'm going to ask the question. I feel like other people probably were thinking when they downloaded this episode, but can we really be addicted to coaching? And so if so, like, what does that look like? <laughs> uh yes absolutely absolutely but you know the first step the first step as always is to admit we have a problem right so let's start from there um i'll step into the circle myself first and say hi everyone i'm sensei victoria whitfield and i am a coachaholic right so let's run down the list of what qualifies me um as a coachaholic what wrongdoings um, am I admitting the things that have power over me? For one, I have to admit I'm powerless over coaching. Like coaching for me is something that triggers my addictive personality. I personally mm-hmm. have been in high-end, meaning $8,000 minimum and up, coaching programs, group coaching programs, um, for the last 13 years. For the last 13 years. Yeah. So this is... This is actually my first year where I'm not in a program um, and I'm really synthesizing a lot more about my coachaholism because of it. Like, huh, interesting. Well, you said 13 years, though. Mm-hmm. You said, thir- so like, this is not new. No, no, no. Mm. So my awareness of my problem is new, but the problem mm-hmm. has been with me for a while. And what that ends up looking like is for one, it's not just because, oh, like, I'm in a coaching problem that makes me, I'm in a coaching program that makes me a coachaholic. 
No. It's my, for one, one thing that qualifies me as being a coachaholic is what's my reason why I'm in the coaching program. And the reason, uh, like, especially one in particular, I was in for seven years. And why would I keep renewing over and over and over again? Was it because I needed to be coached on more stuff? No. Was it because I, um, you know, like, didn't know all of the material yet or didn't go through all the steps yet? No. It was it because I wasn't doing anything. No, the reason why I was being told to renew as well as what I was decided to mm-hmm. renew was social, where it's like I am relying on a coaching program to feed me good people, to feed me adult friends and adult contacts. Like I was, this is not healthy. This is not healthy. So like, okay, I'm basically paying between eight and thirty thousand dollars a year to get friends to make friends oh my goodness yo that is not cute (laughs) no it doesn't even come with a nice bag or anything like a car or something Mm -mm. oh nope nope i mean it does come with marketing tchotchkes that they send you in the mail as a gift uh but like no so that's one reason that qualifies me as a coachaholic another thing that qualifies me as a cultureaholic is this blurring of consent and boundaries that's very common in the coaching industry and it's in how people listen they listen and and it's it's taught to listen this way that when someone else is talking you're watching to to like jump in to coach them to problem solve Um, what in what they're saying, if they're having an emotional moment is like a bit of marketing, like collateral, let me take a video of this person crying at the mic so that we can show other people of all the, uh, you know, the transformation we're having here. There's like Mm -hmm. no sense of privacy and consent in the coaching industry. It's like fair game versus after all this time, what if the person is just trying, like, what if I'm just trying to express my emotions and, and cry about something? Like, I don't want you to fix it. Does that exist in, to the coachaholic? No. I'm like constantly like itching. Kind of like, let me get my fix. I got to coach you. <laughs> or I want to be a coach. Let me coach. Let me scratch your coachy. I'm like, like there's this creepy coachy um, itch that comes with being a coachaholic. Another thing that qualifies me as a coachaholic is that, oh my gosh, when I, when I think about this, it makes my skin crawl. I'm, is that I'm sensitive to predatory sales or insensitive to predatory sales. So as a coachaholic, we're looking at this, um, the upsell or being sold to, it can be both ways of on one side, I'm always Mm -hmm. looking to, to close the sale or to close somebody or to use these sales techniques to strategically, quote unquote, aka manipulate a person into taking mm-hmm. certain behaviors. I got to push them into the next step. Or I understand that I am giving permission, being in the coaching program, to being manipulated into taking the next step of like, oh, I'm just going to see this not as abusive behavior, but instead of this is just normal. Right. So that's on one mm-hmm. side. This is us caring about you. Yeah. This is us caring about you. This is like, we want to make sure that you're having the most transformational experience, blah, blah, blah. So there's that on that side. And then there's also the other side of um, uh, predatory uh, sales in that 
when someone starts to do their upsell during a pro, uh, like, you know, an event or something, I feel personally affronted of like, how could, what the heck? I was just here. What the fuck? I was just trying to learn how to grow my business. Why you got to sell me something? Like there's this emotional um, trigger around sales. That's also another symptom of me because obviously I'm the only coachaholic on the planet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's another symptom of being a coachaholic is the sensitivity to accepting or being highly triggered by predatory sales. Like there's a lack of consent in the industry around whether or not I want to be sold to or teaching people how to give consent. So there's lastly, there's so many things, but I think this will be the last thing um, that would qualify me as a coachaholic. And that is, I have a firm belief that the coaching never stops. I have a firm belief that the coaching never stops when there's like, there's no thought of integration. There's no inhale, exhale approach. It's the coaching never stops. You will never need me to tell you what to do. You will never need me or someone else um, to Mm -hmm. guide. You will never not need a guide of some external authority figure saying, I'm going to help you make it to the next level. And without me helping you make it to the next level, there is absolutely no other paradigm. It's a lack of, uh, like you said at the beginning, acknowledging personal or individual sovereignty that how can we instead, and this is in the coaching industry at large. um, This is not, you know, as I uh, think of another coach that I have uh, that is a client of mine she's like well you know the all the stuff that you talk about coaching is not it's people doing bad coaching and i'm like okay and this is what is out there this is what's dominant and i know you've talked about this at length on Mm -hmm. on your podcast ruthie but it's like to to see this lack of awareness around reinforcing also lack of how do you say, lack of procedures around reinforcing individual personal sovereignty outside of the coaching program. Instead, it becomes a scheme to keep you paying lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of money out. Um, And it becomes more of really bad. It's like a social abuse program. I was like, okay, you're lonely. Pay for friends and feel like you have no power. And and that's funny because I have said that in the past that like if the experience I had in the one coaching program I was in. So for me, it was the first level and then I was unethically sold into the second level. But I said, if I had was able to flip that and turn it into a person, y'all would have been like, Ruthie, go to the shelter, like run away. Like if that was my husband treating me that way, you guys would be like, he's mentally and emotionally abusing you. Get your kids and get out. Like that's how people would have responded. So I'd like to kind of focus in a bit more on that, uh, the personal sovereignty side. So first, I want to uh, just make it clear to everybody what you mean when you say personal sovereignty. And then I'd like to explore how coaching addiction distracts us from that. I love it. So personal sovereignty, we want to understand this as internally referenced authority, internally Mm -hmm. referenced truth. Um, where, where does truth and authority come from 
It is from inside and within every single individual. Every single individual is the center of all wisdom. I say this over and over and over again, mm-hmm. right? That is what personal sovereignty is. And having business structures, systems, uh, business networking, uh, business consciousness and philosophy in general ordered around reinforcing and fostering personal sovereignty. That's what I stand on the side of. Now, in the coachaholic side of things, it's the opposite of their authority is externally referenced. Truth is externally referenced. What does that mean? That means where does authority come from? It comes from that guy who ha- is like posing against a rented Bentley with his hat on and his like um, shades that he probably got from Target, you know, and with his like with his <laughs> with his hands folded, like a shoulder, his arms folded, like trying to show off his muscles uh, or whatever of like. And it says I made a million dollars or they're nearby some sort of, a, again, somebody else's private jet, but not yours. Or if it is your name on the private jet, this is you trying to declare that you are an authority, a larger authority or where authority comes from is because you have your face on the jet. Mm. That as a paradigm or as a cultural, a cultural behavior within the coaching industry that propagates the assumption of, I am not enough. You are the leader. You, you, have the, uh, you have the wisdom and I have got to pay in order to get the wisdom or you have the answer and I have got to pay in order to get access to the answer that I'm seeking. This is what my spirit guide just told me to say. This is in essence, toxic coaching, toxic mm-hmm. coaching leads to coachaholism because it perpetuates this addictive paradigm of I'm never going to be enough and you have the answer. And so I got to chase that carrot that you are dangling as far as I possibly can, right? I got to make money to give to you so that you can tell me to make money. And it creates this perpetual um, cat and mouse game that robs an individual of their ability to tune in for themselves. It's like a, over over time, people can't focus without somebody else telling them to focus. That's mm-hmm. the result of being in this paradigm of the coaching never stops. Personal sovereignty is internally referenced truth um, and internally referenced authority versus um Toxic coaching externalizes it into numbers, into people, into images, into stories, into um, in, into other individuals who are creating, who are celebrityizing, if that is such a word, celebritizing. How do you say? It? Maybe celebritizing. Sure. But yeah, but like making yourself look Instagram famous or TikTok mm-hmm. famous, or mm-hmm. because you have like hundreds of thousands of um, followers on TikTok or. TikTok or something like that, that makes you the authority, whereas I am never good enough. The coaching never stops. So So this, it makes a lot of sense. And this makes me think of, so I did a podcast episode. It was the first episode I did as part of my cult coaching series, but it was called standardized success. And that was the idea was that we've been groomed, at least here in the United States and probably a lot of other countries, but in the United States, we've been groomed since basically birth to always look 
for what success was outside of us, right? Like thinking of like school and grades, the teacher is grading you and telling you Mm -hmm. if you did a good job or not. You know, if you were, you know, playing sports or or whatever, it was always an external measure and you feeling like you were good enough. If that didn't match up to that external measure, then you were wrong. And then if you've been employed, right? Again, more external measures of what success actually was versus learning how to tune in internally and, and do that. And, you know, and I, that is kind of what it, it makes me think of. And then we probably, I know we don't have enough time to explore this, but it also makes me think of a lot of the things I've been reading um, and kind of looking at like the science of consciousness and then looking conversely on the flip side of that scientific materialism, uh, materialism says that there really is no bigger meaning to life and it's just what we're experiencing. But we, by our very nature and like the root of our consciousness, we're always searching for meaning. And so toxic coaching to me, almost like the way that you've described it sounds like it blends this, what's already been groomed into us to seek, right? The definition of success externally from us, as well as also taking advantage of our desire to seek meaning, but it takes advantage of it instead of giving us, like you said, that ability to tap internally and then seek meaning in, in our internal environment as, as well as it relates to the external. I know that's like a huge thing. So I just wanted Mm. to say that out loud so I could write it down for later. (laughs) (laughs) So let's, let's move into the second part because I know that you have something to say and we don't have enough time. (laughs) But coaching addiction. So how how is this distracting us from personal sovereignty? And we talked about it a bit, but if if you have more to to kind of describe around that, right now that we have a better understanding of what personal sovereignty is, how does coaching addiction get us to abdicate the throne of our sovereignty? Yes. Oh my gosh, so well said. So toxic coaching that as you so beautifully put like capitalizes on us being groomed to seek and pursue externalized authority, to please and to appease externalized standards of value, right? Mm -hmm. In order to be validated. And that seeking, that concept of the, the coaching never stops. I'll never be good enough. There's always a next level and a next level and a next level that, um, that perpetual mindset, pursuing something external, there will never, you'll never be satisfied. You'll never Mm -hmm. be satisfied. You're in a paradigm that there is, there's no end to it, right? We're, We're playing an infinite game here. And what happens then, what in that, which forces us to abdicate the throne of personal sovereignty is that this paradigm has this weird thing called imposter syndrome. It fosters imposter syndrome of like, okay, what is imposter syndrome? It is like, I am saying I'm a coach, right? If we just like stick with saying, I am saying I am this, I have put all over social media, all over everything that I am this, I'm, you know, I'm successful, I'm blah, 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 blah. And then internally, internally, your real sovereign is saying, no, you are do what blah 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 you need to do x y and z in order to be able to claim that or you um and the the internal sovereign is actually speaking up i call this the anti-visionary when we're doing our work 
right? When the anti-visionary is trying to tell you these things that make you like that you're beating yourself up with internally, it's actually to help you. You're trying mm-hmm. to ground your shadow is trying to ground out the, part, the the steps that you skipped on the path to mastery. So what causes us to abdicate the throne of personal sovereignty is defining who we are based off of some sort of external paradigm. And pursuing that externalized definition creates so much pain, yet it's so seductive. Um, and the specific type of pain that we're seduced into recreating over and over and over for ourselves is being that imposter syndrome of I'm never going to be good enough. I'm going to smile in the camera and I'm going to fake it till I make it kind of power of positive thinking, but more of like the power of bullshitting oneself and everybody else. That is what causes us to, to abdicate the throne is continuing in that pursuit and you're going towards something you're never going to catch. Whereas if you were to sit down onto your throne, right, and to bring the authority back internally, that way you'll be able to have that sense of satisfaction and wholeness. The imposter wouldn't have to keep speaking up because you've handled the real problem, right? We are convinced that the problem is I'm not um, that guy on stage or that lady on the Facebook live talking about they made a million dollars or a bajillion whatever's yet mm-hmm. versus the real thing that you want to claim is your own wisdom, your own expertise, your own story. That is beautiful. I was just thinking of the coaches, right? For whom, right? The coaching is never over. The coaches who coach you on your imposter syndrome. Oh, it's like Inception, baby. Look at that. Yeah, that is like Coachception at its <laughs> finest, I think. Yeah. Oh totally. my goodness. Yeah, I hadn't I hadn't really thought about how that plays the role subtly in some cases. In some cases, it's very subtle that it plays the role. So it's not all coaches are coaching on imposter syndrome, but many coaches will touch on it as part of their their work. Um that is amazing. That is That's amazing. part of gaslighting and brainwashing. You know that, right? It to is. create problems for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. I did uh, a couple of the cult coaching episodes were on the bite model, which is uh, it was developed by Dr. Stephen Hassan. And he wrote a dissertation on it, which you can easily find on the internet. But the bite model of authoritarian control and bite stands for behavior, information, thought and emotion, the different types of control. And he gives examples of them, which is what I was talking about in those episodes. Uh, But yeah, lots, lots of gaslighting and and all of that. But Mm -hmm. um, I I just want to point out for everybody who's listening right now, what Sensei Victoria is talking about, right? In this case, for many of us, it might be reclaiming the throne of our personal sovereignty. That is mm-hmm. her work. That that is very much like that is that's how I've I've felt very empowered since I started working. Mm-hmm. Yes, I have felt very empowered since I started working with you. And that has been, I think, a, a beautiful, a beautiful thing for me you know, because of some of the things that we even talked about recently. And then when I brought it up with other people, the difference in how you and I were able to talk about it versus the way that I was unfor- like kind of almost forced to talk about some of those things, which is very stark and different. And mm-hmm. I consider myself, I don't want to say lucky. I will say I consider myself very abundantly blessed in that I was able to kind of anchor 
with you first before speaking to other people. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. So for anybody listening who's wondering, like, yeah, we spent time talking about toxic coaching and coachaholism, coaching addiction. But I really want you to leave this episode with the understanding that it's about your personal sovereignty, your ability to seek and understand your own internal wisdom, because we all have that. And that's something that I have learned and am continuing to learn, but we all have it. And it's just, yes. So for all of the fellow coachaholics out there, we are here. We hear you. And thank you so much for listening today. Sensei Victoria. Do you have any final words for us as we conclude? We put a nice bow on our time together. Yeah, I love it. (laughs) Yay. Thank you for bringing that in. I'll close this out the same way I do every time with the reminder, everyone, please enjoy your journey because you don't have to lose your glow as you grow in life and business. Oh, beautiful. And please, speaking of journey, definitely check out Sensei Victoria's podcast, the Journeypreneur podcast. And uh, we have her links in the show notes. Please do check those out. She is making wonderful content, beautiful Facebook group, um, just out here serving and being, you know, available to us um, as entrepreneurs. And I do think that this understanding and acceptance of our personal sovereignty is key for those of us in this industry as we continue to evolve and as the coaching and consulting industry continues its paradigm shift. So thank you so much for listening. Please share wherever you think somebody might need to hear this episode. And if you need to, do not be afraid to reach out to Sensei Victoria. She is amazing. Thank you for joining us today, Sensei. My pleasure. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and a review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Defy the Status Quo Biz, and the link is in this episode's description. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.